Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Sunsports Scottish Football Podcast, sponsored by William Hill. I'm Derek McGregor. I'm joined by David Freo and Gareth Law. Gentlemen, I was at Celtic yesterday, witnessed them creating history, a 27th domestic game from the start of a season unbeaten. Just how good an achievement is that, David? I think the fact it hasn't been done ever, you know, it's 50 years since Osmond Lyons did 26, I think it just that sums it all up, you know, to even be spoken about in the same breath as that team and a team that, that really made history for Celtic, I think is, is, a, is a fantastic achievement for Brendan Rodgers and his players. And the consistency, you know, if he'd have said that the season started all the way back, July, August, to still be going into February now, pretty much undefeated in domestic competition is staggering, really. And I think it just sums up the work that Brendan Rodgers has done, the terrific work he's done, because let's face it, it was pretty much the same team as, as last year, barring a couple of, couple of additions. And I think he's getting the best out of players. And I think in terms of how relentless and how much danger Celtic posed to opposition, it's quite a remarkable turnaround. Gareth, and... 1966-67, Jock Steen's famous, unforgettable side. Clearly, the competition on the home front was far greater, far sure. stronger than it is now. But yeah. nevertheless, should that detract from what Brendan Rodgers' squad has managed this season? I don't think so. I think you've still got to beat what's put in front of you. Pretty much echo everything David's just said there. The relentlessness, the way they've, the way he's got them playing, the style of play. You just can't argue with a lot that he's done this season. And I know we talk about it every week, but... You know, the more you watch the team, the more now I think I think they can go through the season unbeaten. Really? Yeah, I, I just think. I mean, you look at it yesterday. They were missing Lee Griffiths, Musa Dembele, Stuart, Stuart Armstrong, Armstrong pulled out. You know, there was a, a, logic. a a last minute change of plan with Stuart Armstrong having to pull out, and yet they can still go and do that. And I just think that the the confidence in that dressing room now, even teams playing against Celtic now, part of you that wonders that they're not they're not beaten before they get on the park, but. You know the, the way Celtic are playing, it's very, very tough to play against them. And I wasn't sure earlier on because I remember doing a uh, column with John Hartson. He he'd said that you know there's always one, usually in a season where you can maybe slip up. I wonder now if that if there will be one this season. I must admit the the, the one uh, the, of the games that I have I've seen of Celtic this season, guys. I mean the one thing that really does impress me, apart from the obvious ability or the quality of some of the goals, I mean the, the attitude of the team. Even when they've been playing poorly, and there's been a number of games, home games this season, where they've laboured a bit, but what doesn't change is their attitude and their desire to still get that result. There's no, as you say, Gareth, there's no easing up. I also think, I mean, you look at it yesterday, Kieran Tierney, come, you know, he's come back into the side after his injury, and you look at him yesterday, and, and it's like he's never been away. You know, mm. it's almost like they've got a new signing back in the, you know. It's the January window, but he was he was always on the books. But he's fit again and playing. I mean, there was assists for him yesterday. Really, really top performance from him. All those things pointed him for me that they can go the season unbeaten. The one area I suppose you can look at is is the goalkeeping issue right now, whether Craig Gordon stays or whether he goes, and you know whether he stays or whether he goes. Either way, it could cause harmony, disharmony 
you know, in, in terms of whether they then have to bring somebody in or if they keep Gordon and maybe Gordon's unhappy to stay. That's the only grey area, but I, I still think there's enough in the rest of that squad. They can keep attacking. The best form of, of defence is attack for, for Celtic as well at times. And so the goalkeeper in a domestic game, you can argue, I don't think he's as, as maybe vital as in, in the Champions League. I mean, with a 27-game run, David, they've achieved something that not even the Lisbon Lions could, but, I mean, can they be lauded as legends just now? Or is it still way too early for that kind of talk? I think, I mean, Regardless of they're, they're in the history book, so, you know, in 50 years' time, people will look back and, and look at the team that, that broke that record, etc. I, I think, you know, to me, the, the most impressive thing is what Brendan Rodgers has done with players who people had written off. Mm. And the difference in Celtic in terms of, we spoke about the attitude and the relentless nature of them you know I looked at Celtic game yesterday and they're 3-0 up still hunting people down still chasing people still putting tackles in looking like a team who wanted to score 4, 5, 6 goals now you, you look back to the the Rangers Scottish Cup semi-final which is always a game I refer to because I think for me that was a low point of Ronnie Dyler's reign in the sense that that was a broken team that was a team that the supporters had lost faith in, that the supporters had lost trust in, and a team that looked absolutely shattered. They, I think they, they lost faith no, in themselves, haven't they? Exactly. You know, they didn't look fit, they didn't look structured, they didn't look as if they really had an idea of where, where they were going as a club, as a team. That day, they just looked so disjointed. And I think Brendan Rodgers' team are the exact opposite. Everybody knows their job, everybody knows where they should be. You've got... You know, he's, he's brought Dedrick Boyata from nowhere, yep. absolutely nowhere. Dramatic. Who's now keeping Alex Vyachenko out of the team? You've got Christian Gamboa yesterday put in his best performance. Patrick Roberts playing through the middle as a striker. He's five foot nothing. Absolutely tormented the Hearts defence. You've got Scott Brown in the last couple of games has played further forward, driving the team on. Near Beaton looks as if the arrival of Ibui has given him a kick up the backside because he looks like a different player now as well. He just seems to be able to get the absolute maximum out of these guys. And when you see where Celtic have come from, we're only talking last April, that, that Scottish Cup semi-final. It's incredible. That's what I particularly admire, Gareth, and a good manager. It's Clearly, recruitment's always huge for any manager, but a good manager should also be able to coach players, say, inherits, make them better. And as David rightly points out, you've got Bayata, you've got Armstrong, you've got Forrest, and... I must admit, what I particularly liked yesterday as well was the involvement of academy players. There was a fair sprinkling of academy players. You know, Henderson and Aitchison comes on... Every time that kid comes on, he has an effect in a game, some kind of a way. But, as I said, a proper good manager coaches those who's already got, makes them better, as well as bringing in good ones. I'm sure you'll agree, when, when we deal with him, the thing that struck me is, is the clarity he speaks with. You know, you'll, you'll, give us a, you'll give us an answer, you'll give us an argument, but you'll justify it and back it up in clear, decisive terms. And you, you can only presume that he's the same in the dressing room, and everybody knows exactly what they're, what they're to do, where they're to be extend that even to the boardroom when he's when he's looking for transfer targets you know you can imagine him giving a very good argument as to why he wants a certain player in and backing it up completely so I, I think the, I think the clarity for him is key as well he obviously knows his stuff on top of that as well but you know he, knowing his stuff is one thing getting the message across is another as, as maybe you know you could you could look at Ian Cathro possibly uh, you know we'll, 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 we'll come to that later but I, I think that is key with with Brendan Rodgers he, he, he can he can get his message across to the point that players know exactly what they have to do I mean you've already stated Gareth your conviction now that Celtic are going to go unbeaten or you, or you feel pretty sure there's every chance now David would you concur with that would you agree with that I'm not so sure for one reason. I think I think if Celtic continue to play their strongest team for the rest of the season then yeah you know I, I, we could easily do it I think though towards the end of the season I think Brendan Rodgers is going to give some guys a rest I think it's just natural Celtic start back in June the 20th Scotland could play in June the 10th Scotland do play in June the 10th Scottish Cup finals late May 
at this rate Celtic are going to have the league wrapped up in March mm. so I don't think he's going to flog these guys I don't I, mean, I don't think Scott Brown Scott Sinclair Dembele Brendan Rodgers is now Scottish Cup's there right the Scottish Cup would be a bonus for Celtic Brendan Rodgers thought now is the Champions League qualifiers that's all he's thinking about everything he's doing is geared towards that now we saw Neil Lennon do it gave guys pretty much a rest I think Brendan Rodgers will do the same I don't think he'll continue to keep, his, keep playing his strongest team I think there was five academy players yesterday Involved in total, Callum McGregor, James Forrest, Henderson, Tierney, and Jack Edson. I think you'll see more and more come into the team towards the end of the season. I think that's what will make Celtic maybe lose a game here and there because I don't think there's any point in playing our strongest strongest team throughout the whole season. Records are great, and it would be to, to be invincible and be undefeated for the whole season, great. But what's more important, the Champions League, and that's that's it's all geared towards Champions League. I mean, yeah, you could yep. argue you could argue yesterday though that wasn't the strongest team. You know, and, and, and you know, they're missing all those players as, as we talked about, you know, Stuart Armstrong up there, Rodgers, Dembele, Griffiths, yet they've still gone on and, and I, I, and I do agree, game. but I think it'll be even more. I think you'll see I mean remember Ken Douglas famously did it that season, pretty much just played a an under twenty three team in a, the final game of the season, Henry Larson made his comeback. I could see I genuinely could see that. I genuinely could see that. Because see for all you want to be undefeated, what's 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 better? Giving Scott Sinclair two weeks off to go and just Rest Scott mm. Brown giving him a couple of weeks. So that's that, that to me. Everything has to be geared towards Champions League qualifiers because it's all that matters. And let's face it, it's ridiculous how short a break the players get. I mean, we're, we're not talking it's back in July with your feet up. You're talking twentieth of June. Celtic will start in I think the eleventh of July this this year. We're we're, we're discussing if uh, Celtic will lose a game between now and end of the season. Contrastingly, we look at Hearts. Will Wien Cathro win another game between now and end of the season? I think there's a growing amount of Hearts fans now that are getting a little bit concerned about the big project. The alternative, or, you know, this is this is the Gorgi project, brave on its own. What do you make of Cathro so far, Gareth? Do you, as uh, a growing scepticism about uh, how things are uh, unfolding at Tynecastle? Well, we spoke about him last week. Last week after the well, both uh, Wraith games, actually, that was my first experience of dealing with him. And obviously, the first game didn't go well. The second game. I would argue didn't go well either even though they went through I was at both games the thing that struck me about him particularly in the second game was there's lots of gestures big arm movements like he's directing the traffic during the game there was a couple of times he shouted out onto the pitch now I might have missed it and I'll hold my hand up if I did miss it but I never saw one player react to what he shouted or which way he was waving. Now that's only a small a small thing, mm-hmm. but I question some of his his, his, his January transfer signings. Leonard's so uh, I, I've, I mean I've that's, that's three games I've, I've <coughs> seen now two live and one on the TV, and I'm I'm not convinced with the recruitment. He'd said before before the the winter break that the winter break was going to be when he he was going to do his work, and that was going to be a chance to get his ideas across. He's still talking very upbeat about things, but. So far, performances on the on the pitch haven't backed that up, and I think he's got, you know, he's, he's had quite a a, a big a big uh, couple of weeks there, but arguably he's got a bigger couple of weeks coming up right now. Of course, I am being a tad tongue in cheek in terms of uh, you know wondering if they will win another game between now and end of the season. I, mean, I, hope I, think well. I hope he does well, Derek. I, mean, I think they'll win it's... at least one, um, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's he said uh, eight games in charge, two wins. One of which, as you've just been discussing, against a struggling Wraith Rovers team yeah. in a Scottish Cup replay. And you also touch on the transfer policy. I, I, I find it a bewilderingly kind of random transfer policy. I mean, as we as we speak, 
you know, in terms of deals that have been completed or are just about to be completed, you're talking two Greeks, one Northern Irishman, one Moroccan, one Slovenian, one German, two Frenchmen and one Portuguese striker. You know, we're, we're now going to be judging these players as they come in, but, I, I, I mean, is it is it too left field? Is it is it is it too many foreigners to bring in? I, I don't think it's so much foreigners. With exception Aaron Hughes, I, I just course. think it's too many players. I think, I, I don't, too many? somebody said to me the other day about Hearts, has a team ever ripped... So has a club ever ripped a team up in, in midway through a season when they're doing really well and it's worked? They were second. You know, this is this is the thing. No, I do have sympathy for Ian Catholic to an extent in that it's a big job, it's his first job, so there was always going to be a settling in period. He was never going to just come in, I don't think, and hit the ground running. He's lost Callum Parson to injury, he's now lost John Souter to long term injury. Two two of these kind of brightest young hopes. He's lost other guys through no fault of his own, probably I think Rossi. African Rossi, nations Rossi went. African nations has taken away Jim. Yeah. And he's also had to go and try and sign players. He's tried to get his ideas across, and he's had some difficult games. And it's uh, to me, it, just now it looks a bit too much for him. And he's desperate, desperately crying out for a settled team and a win, a big win. And in his defence, you know all the the issues you've just outlined. That would be challenging enough for a very experienced yeah. manager. He's a rookie as well, and this is the thing, you know. And he's obviously having to deal with the media spotlight. You know, he, he had a bit of a he had a horror post-match interview. At Kirkcaldy the other week, that did nothing to dampen down the critics who think he doesn't have the personality. But in fairness to him, all of those issues—that I mean, it's that's seriously challenging yeah, for him. Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, whenever we speak about Ian Carthwaite, there's always that element of his age, his sort of reputation, the fact that a lot of people put so much stock in how he's the genius and all that sort of stuff, and probably unfairly because I don't think he's ever said that. But that, but. Take all that aside, forget the fact that seeing Catherine he's 30 and, and seeing Catherine and all the stuff that went on when he first got the job. It's a, it's a bad situation for Hearts, it's a difficult situation mm. for Hearts. But, as Gareth said, it's not going to get any easier. You've got Rangers on Wednesday mm-hmm. and you've got Hibs in the Scottish Cup at Tynecastle. And, and I, I don't care what anybody says, there is zero pressure on Hibs in that game. No pressure at all. Yep. The pressure is all in Hearts. And it doesn't matter if Ian Catherine is 60 or 30. He needs a big result somewhere along the line, and he needs it fast because very quickly now people are saying, "Wait a minute, here, what's going on?" Hearts, as you said, were second when he took over. People might say it's a false position; they're still second. The team was going quite well. Suddenly, it's just been ripped apart, ripped to shreds. Guys are injured; they're losing games. They're out. You know, they're replays against Wraith and everything. He needs a huge win somewhere along the line. He does. It does, if only to make people believe, Gareth. Yeah, and I think I mean we talk about his public persona and that. And that interview at Kikadi, I guess there's one of our columnists who'll be sitting there, kind of nodding his head. Uh, Chris Boyd, obviously, would probably say he predicted this. Told you so. Told you so. The one thing that surprised me about that was, you know, Ian Cathro is this this modern this modern manager. You you kind of you believed he was a guy who was prepared. You know, you can question his man management skills. You can question, you know, the way he talks in the dressing room and stuff like that. But you're almost left under the belief that he he was coming with, in inverted commas, the whole package. You know, in terms of preparation and and qualifications and and intelligence that way. And you would imagine media training would have been what you know. You would imagine that that that, that was fairly straightforward, and you know that would be a, a key element of a man, a modern manager wanting to cover all bases. And. And to me, I mean, he's, the, the way he's putting his message across, certainly Kakadi, it didn't come across as, as though he, he he knew how to handle the media in in a crisis situation, which which you could argue that was. You know, other than that, 
you know, other people who have dealt with him more have said that he's been quite quite warm and, and, and decent with the journalists, but I would have thought his, his public persona, he would have he would have worked on that. It's like practicing penalty kicks, nothing prepares you for the real thing. And this is the thing, Ian Cathro can read all these manuals and, and do all this and do all that. Nothing prepares you for having to go in and answer questions after you've lost it, after you've drew, drew away throws. But, 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 of, of course, the, sun, the Sunsport team is very fortunate that, you know, we, we, we've got Roger Hanna to inspire us, you know, he's, he's a great <laughs> presence. Team talks. Stirring rhetoric, you know, stirring, always inspirational. Stirring what? <laughs> <laughs> inspirational rhetoric every day. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But, I mean, you know, being serious, of course, I mean, it's, it's the ability to inspire. You know, it's not necessarily about tactics, boards and graphs and whatever. Yeah. You know, the words, you know, that's, you know, that's huge. That's huge, and that question mark is still there. Totally, and and it'll continue going on. And the longer these these, I mean, they're poor results, but I mean, they, they got through against Wraith in the week, for example, and he seemed quite content with that, you know. And, and you could argue that they, they did the job, you know, they're in the next round. But I've yet to see anything that's that's really, you know, got me excited about this Ian Cathro team at the minute. Put you on the spot, Gareth. Do you think they will beat Rangers? Uh, no, no, I don't. David, no. Do you both think Rangers will win? Yeah, I'm not yeah. so sure Rangers will win, but I don't think Hearts will beat Rangers. Um, I must admit, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Rangers will win, and I think they'll win quite comfortable. I was very impressed with the uh, Rangers at uh, Motherwell on Saturday. Both teams down to ten men. If we begin to, if we begin to look at the, the transfer window, Rangers are bringing in Jack Alnick for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. I'll ask both of you, are you surprised at that amount of money for a backup keeper, given Rangers' current financial state? If funds are not plentiful at Rangers right now I would have thought there's there's more important areas of the pitch where, where that money should have been spent I was stunned to hear they were paying a, a transfer free for a goalkeeper who who judging by the way Mark Warburton has gone this season will be on the bench for the next few months at the very least You know, I, I would have thought they'd have been looking at whether putting that money towards getting Kenny Miller on a on a longer, on another contract, mm. or, or even bringing in another striker, or even addressing the defence, I would have thought the goalkeeper would have been a fair way down that priority list. It's, a, it's an intriguing one, David, because I'm pretty sure that's a bigger outlay than actually West Fodringham cost. And I think West Fodringham, by and large, has had a good season. But do you begin to wonder if Alnick will indefinitely be a, a backup keeper? Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite. I mean, when this all broke, <coughs> uh, I think kind of on Friday, I was very cynical in the sense that. I think this can only be a long-term replacement or a short-term replacement for West Fodringham in the sense that I think, you know, you don't... For me, Rangers don't sign a goalkeeper of that state. It's that age. He's a Port Hill captain. Mm. 
and spend a bit of money as we're talking about unless they have plans to play him now and again and I don't think Wes Fodringham is going to drop far from it I, I wonder whether Wes Fodringham Rangers probably believe he might move on whether it's the summer and that Jack Alnick is the long term replacement I think Wes Fodringham has been a good signing for Rangers I think, I think of all the signings Mark Warburton's made I think he's a guy who did well in the Championship has made the step up very well too yep. and I think Wes Fodringham's star is on the rise I do I think he's a good goalkeeper and I think that he can, he's got a move in him I think he could easily get down and play an English Championship at a decent club no problem at all I think Wes Fodringham probably believes he can go even further but I, I, I just don't think you sign a guy as a backup keeper for that money of course and, in the and we, albeit League One with Portville nevertheless you know he's number one mm-hmm. he's 23 what does he want to suddenly come up at this oh. stage of his career it, to just it, it, disappear it has to be a long term move I, th- I think it's long term planning it's probably, like, it's probably cute yep. business in Rangers part because uh, you're right how can, how can Rangers sell coming to be number two up here I think there must be a, an idea that West Hollywood is probably going to move on that, that's just that's just me looking into it I, don't, I just don't think it makes sense otherwise interesting uh, Aberdeen chaps come to Parkhead on Wednesday night I'll put you in the spot again do you see Aberdeen beating Celtic David no <laughs> Gareth after saying I think Celtic are going to go this season unbeaten <laughs> <laughs> I'm just testing you there Gareth I know he went I was looking for the quickest U-turn ever there well done Gareth you passed the test well done well done just try to catch you out I mean, don't, don't get me wrong Aberdeen, Aberdeen were good on, on Friday night really impressed and you also wonder you know Johnny Hayes now McGinn they played they were, they were good on Friday and, and you wonder if I mean you look at Johnny Hayes and the interest from Cardiff I mean, could Aberdeen be potentially one or two of their star men down by that point? But I mean, yeah, it's a very good point, Gareth. I mean, it, it, on the basis that they're not and they come to Parkhead with their strongest team intact. I mean, once again with Aberdeen, I, I'm thinking they're coming to Glasgow and they're looking in good shape and part of me is thinking they could get a result. But how many times have we have we been here before or... You know, I think a number of us, myself included, thought they might have a chance in the League Cup final, the Betfred Cup final. And yet, what happens? They fall flat in their faces. If there's no Dembele for Celtic, if there's no Armstrong, Aberdeen contrastingly up front are in good form. Could they even get a draw here? Or are we? Uh... I think no. I think they're capable. I think. I think to me, Aberdeen are on a really good run now, and they look back to being a strong, organised, kind of established team, but easily one of the best in the, in the Scottish League. But. Yep. Do you know why I think? Because Derek McInnes has just went back to his strongest team. I, I, I generally, I, I know he had a lot of games and they started early and everything, but I, I felt he tinkered far too much with his team at times. And Rooney was in the bench and McGinn was in the bench and Hayes had been injured, Madison was in and out. Came, I, I think he's gone back to Jack, Shani, McLean, Hayes, McGinn and Adam Rooney. And what a difference it makes. What a difference. Of course, theoretically, I mean, Aberdeen could be playing a Celtic team minus Craig Gordon. Celtic could be facing an Aberdeen side minus Johnny Hayes. They would be two massive players for either side to lose. Craig Gordon, Chelsea seem determined to bring in Craig Gordon here. What's your gut feeling? Away? Stay? I think it all depends what Chelsea do. Obviously, we're we are, we are talking here on, on, on Monday. Yeah. We're, we're a day or so to go before it shuts. My, my, my general feeling, and it's probably been since kind of Friday, Saturday, is that if Chelsea play ball in terms of a, an acceptable bid, then Craig Gordon will be away. I, you know, I could be proved wrong as by the time people listen, but that was that, that was my feeling. I just think it's too good an opportunity for Craig to turn down at this stage of his career. Gareth, yeah, that kind of echo those comments. I think. I mean, it's very easy to forget where he was when, when uh, well, firstly when when Celtic took him on. You know, you, where was his career going? Celtic gave him the chance, but then you know, you remember where he was under Brendan Rodgers earlier in the season. He was on the bench. 
he's done phenomenally well to first of all get his career back on track and then to to uh, dislodge Doris De, De Vries after Brendan Rodgers supposedly deemed him not good enough you know, with the ball at his feet certainly Do you agree um, with the, uh, our columnist Chris Boyd who yesterday made it clear that he owes Brendan Rodgers Celtic nothing that he's fully entitled to go without any feeling of thinking about the club or Yeah I mean you, you can you can see that you know, yes as I said that they gave him the platform but I would you know you could argue that he's repaid them repaid them with interest. with interest the one thing is I mean I think he's got like he's got the six months and a, and a one year deal uh, sorry one year option left in Celtic's favour in Celtic's favour so if Celtic did did turn down another approach he was happy to sign that deal at the time I know football doesn't work like good point Gareth I, you know football doesn't work like business does it but you know Celtic could be quite within their eyes to say no uh, you're not going anywhere then they've got an unhappy player to deal with potentially yeah, I can imagine, you, you know, Craig Gordon, there's so many emotions at the moment. There has to be a huge attraction about Chelsea, even if the game time's going to be reduced. But there, there's so many other, you know, elements of it that is in his thinking right now. It's, it's a fascinating one. It really is a fascinating one. I personally think if Chelsea start to get to a certain figure, and if indeed they're talking four million at the well, moment. that's the thing. His age is a decent money for a guy of that age as well. You without argue. a doubt. So from a purely business point of view, you know, I, I think it would make sense to everybody involved. If a four four point five, then Craig Gordon would want would want to go, no doubt. Celtic, Celtic should be happy with with four four point five. I don't know if he's for somebody who's on a free transfer. If, if, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Listen, Brendan Rodgers on Friday was saying, "Where am I going to get another keeper from?" It's at short notice, and I can kind of see his point, but I would also refer him back to August when he signed a keeper. Yeah. Who, if he'd asked him in August, who would be your first choice keeper come January? They said Dos yeah. because Dos Devries wasn't signed to come and sit on a bench. He was signed to play. Of course, you would have to bring in another keeper. I mean, you'd imagine Doris Devries goes straight in, but but, but would it? Because Celtic are one of the or is Leo teams. Faza and well, well, you know, Logan Bailey still. There. Celtic are one of the rare teams in football who have three senior keepers. Good point, too many keepers. I forgot about him. Got, you know, Logan Bailey played for Belgium before. Logan Bailey was. Easily deemed good enough to be Celtic's backup keeper last, last Fair year. Fair point. So I don't really see Celtic need by a keeper. Plus, you could also look at it. You know, Doris de Vries is there. As we've talked earlier, they've got such a lead in the league. In the league, they've won the league cup. I mean, do they need to? Do they need to replace somebody no. at the caliber of Craig Gordon right now? You know, yes, they need to maybe get somebody in potentially for the Champions League. But I wrote a, I wrote a blog the, uh, the other week about. Why they could sell Musa Dembele now because they, they they don't need Musa Dembele for the rest of this particular season. They've got, they would have time to bring in a replacement, and I think similarly with Craig Gordon, the lead and the cushion they built up in in the league allows them time. They do, they, they don't need him, in, in my opinion, and that's why they could bring the money in now while they've got the chance. Gentlemen, we'll wrap the podcast up by discussing the the bottom of the table. Hamilton Ackies have two games. They've got Inverness Tuesday night. And they have Kilmarnock on Saturday. One winning since October. Uh, you know, Martin, I, I saw Martin Canning earlier on today, the Hamilton <laughs> manager, and he is quite rightly referring to them as huge games. Is there a kind of irreversible trend here with Hamilton in terms of results? Or, I mean, do you see Inverness quickly overtaking them and Hamilton getting marooned, so to speak? I don't think any team will get marooned, Derek, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think there's much between them all. I watched right. Hamilton... On Saturday, and it's the same old story. Hamilton actually were the better team, probably. So Tommy Wright even admitted that, but they just didn't take their chances. They never seemed to take their chances. And then St Johnson scored three goals. St Johnson just a ruthless, experienced team, clinical when they need to be, and that's why they're up the top of the league. Hamilton, I feel sorry for Martin Cannon because I think keeping Hamilton 
in the league is an achievement, an achievement enough but the fans don't seem to feel that way they were giving them dogs abuse again on Saturday the board were getting it on Saturday and I get that Hamilton fans want to be ambitious and want to do better than just survive but you look at the, you look at the league you look at the teams below Hibs and D United Falk Morton try to get up desperate to get up for Hamilton to survive there is, is is massive, but I agree. But I mean, the next two games, you would think it's a, Kilmarnock. It seems to be between Kilmarnock and Inverness and, and uh, Hamilton. Gareth, Gareth, the Hamilton fans are talking about a boycott. I mean, how, if and when will we know? If indeed they are boycotting games. Oh, I see where you're going with mm. that, Derek. Would you like to elaborate on that question? <laughs> I've been very disrespectful towards the uh, the Hamilton Nackies uh, fan base. <laughs> very loyal, die-hard element of supporters, but um, but. Being serious again, is this a defining week for Hamilton, or is it too early to say that? Well, because I, of what David said, you know, I, it's I, think, I think it's a defining week for Inverness and Hamilton. I know what David says about no team getting marooned, but the two of those teams are now four points adrift of Motherwell in tenth. Motherwell have played one game less, I think. So I think there might just be a little gap threatening to open up there, and whichever team loses this midweek, then they've got the. They might have an issue on their hands there. Gareth Law, David Friel, thanks as always for your... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Stunning analysis. Bye now. Bye-bye.